You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Monday, May 31st. 2021, and on the show today, we have a Nationals series to discuss. They get swept by the Brewers in three games. We'll break that all down and more on today's show. Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there today. First off, I want to start the show by thanking everyone who has, has, does, and will serve this country. Uh, you all just make everything in this world, uh, you know, for us here in America possible, living these uh, really blessed lives that we get to live. So I want to thank those people on this day, like Memorial Day. We remember those people who uh, fought and died for our freedom. So we just want to say shout out to those men and women who serve our country and serve it uh, day in and day out. Really just uh, want to thank them. There's never enough words that we can say to thank you all. So hope everybody is enjoying their time today, remembering why we celebrate this day, but enjoying time uh, with your families, out the lake, whatever you're doing, watching baseball. If you're doing that, it's how you enjoy Hope everybody is enjoying their time here on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, really difficult weekend for the Washington Nationals. They get swept against the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll go through each game, but uh, the, the, the idea is this at this point. The offense is not good at all. It is a bad offense. They are a bad offensive team. They are not putting enough guys uh, in positions uh, to, to be successful. Um, they're not having good at-bats consistently back-to-back-to-back. They're not hitting as a team. While some, while some guys are, are having a good time individually, they are not hitting well as a team. I saw a stat yesterday uh, about really the Nationals, you know, how much they're struggling on offense. And I'm trying to find it right now, but it was uh, three teams, I believe. Yeah, here it is from Mark Zuckerman yesterday. The Nationals have scored three or fewer runs in 28 of their 49 games, slightly better than the Yankees or Pirates. And I think they've scored three or fewer in their games, in, in 29 games, um, and I think uh, those teams have probably played more than the 49 the Nationals have played just because the Nationals have had some scheduling. Uh, obviously, the first series of the year, they, they lost. So they're, they're a bit uh, behind in terms of number of games played. Let's get through the series. It got postponed on Friday night. They had a doubleheader on Saturday. The Nats dropped that one 4-1. to one. Um, they made, you know, they made Peralta look really good. And we knew Freddie Peralta is, has had a great year so far. He goes seven innings, four hits, one walk, seven Ks. Patrick Corbin, five innings, four earned runs, uh, five Ks and two walks. So Patrick Corbin continues to struggle that for him, you know, that for maybe for a, a Joe Ross or a John Lester, I would say, Hey, look, if the offense was doing okay, that, that kind of start keeps them in the contest, maybe, but with the way this offense is going right now, uh, it's not. And also, with the, the amount of money that Patrick Corbin has paid and the expectations for Patrick Corbin, that is not a good enough start. And then it's the fact that those starts have been piling up for him now. And I really don't have much analysis on the Corbin start other than it looks like what we've been seeing from him. This is consistent with the Patrick Corbin that we've seen this year. You know, this is not new. Uh, the hit numbers were not actually as as high as they normally I mean, Four hits for him is is pretty low uh, compared to the average start for Patrick Corbin. So good on that end. He just allowed some early offense. But this month he's got a 4.29 ERA, which is a lot better than, than what he had been doing. Uh, you know, the, the starts were getting a little bit better. But 
right now he's at about three or four runs for every five innings. I mean, he's had, you know, the, the month started off really hot. He, he, the first four outings he had, seven innings, six innings, and seven innings. Nats win all three of those games. Gives up two runs, three runs, and one run. But the last three starts, he goes five innings, five and two-thirds, five uh, full. And he get, he's given up 11 runs in 15 innings. So not like the end of the world, but once again, it's not a pace that's going to be conducive to winning ball games in those last three starts of the month. The Nationals are one and two. They actually got some offense in that six to five win over the Orioles, where Corbin started off uh, pretty sluggish. If you guys remember, uh, they they went down in that game. But yeah, four one and seven innings is the final score in this one. Um, they really did a good job uh, of getting to the Nats. Brewers got to them early, a two run home run from Avasio Garcia to start off the game, and then in the third inning. Uh, Christian Yelich tripled to drive in a run, and Garcia also got a run in as well. Bottom of the fourth, Schwarber did give them some offense with a 439-foot home run, but the Nationals were just stymied, and their offense was not able to put up enough runs. Look, they only allowed four hits the entire game, and then it's only a seven-inning game, but four hits, they allowed four runs on those four hits, though, and that was that was the issue for them. That's got four hits of their own. Uh, they put runners in scoring position once. They left three guys on base. Uh, the, the front... Four guys, or front three guys rather, in the lineup went 0 for in this game. Turner 0 for 2, Soto 0 for 3, Bell 0 for 3, and then Kyle Schwarber 1 for 3, which is which is not bad. But I mean, if, if you take it into account what the front four of the lineup did in this game, uh, a 1 for what is it here? I mean, a 1 for 10 or 1 for 11, whatever it is, with one walk, which is what they had courtesy of Juan Soto. Not going to produce enough for you. Andrew Stevenson was two for two in this game, so you like seeing that. But, uh, you know, besides Garcia or besides Castro, uh, Schwarber, and then Stevenson, you know, they did not hit enough. And the problem is those guys are, you know, they're spread out in the lineup. Uh, you know, Stevenson's the back part of it, and Schwarber and Castro are together, but they're one hits together. We came at separate times, so it was not really enough to power the, the Nats in any meaningful way, right? It really didn't do... Uh, a whole lot for them this weekend. Now, a couple notes here coming out of it. Uh, Luis Garcia got an MRI after injuring uh, himself Saturday afternoon. So that was something that happened in the 4-1 game that we have to mention. Uh, Luis Garcia obviously getting called up for the Nationals this year. And so his his day ended, which was uh, crappy to see. And then Josh Harrison had to come in for him uh, in that spot. But yeah, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, it, it looked like it's just a uh, hamstring, you know, a slight hamstring injury. And I think after the MRI, I got an MRI on it, and it said he's okay. So uh, Dave Martinez said, quote, he got a really bad cramp in his hamstring. We couldn't loosen it up, but I think tomorrow we'll probably send him to get an MRI to make sure that's all it was. So in the morning, we'll send him to go get that. So I actually don't think they have the MRI yet, but by all indications, they just think it's going to be an issue. Um, and, you know, he went down to the ground. It was kind of a freak thing that happened, and they think it's just a cramp. But they pulled out of the game into the abundance of cautions. The Nationals fell 4-1 in that game. They then turned around on the Saturday night game, and they lost 6-2. Now, um, in this one, this was a John Lester start. Four innings, five hits, one earned run, four Ks. That's good. That is, that's for Lester. I mean, I know it's only four innings, but really four innings in a seven-inning game 
is uh, that kind of equates to like a five or six inning start in a nine inning game, right? You know, probably I would just say it's like five and two thirds for a game you know, that's nine innings long. So 74 pitches. I uh, did a good job there. The problem was Daniel Hudson got tagged later in the game, but the good news is that this game was a little bit more competitive. The Nats got on the board. Zarin Zerman doubled and, and scored Trey Turner. Uh, and then the, the Brewers evened it up in the fourth. The Nationals in the bottom of the fourth, though, got one back and, and made it 2-1. But the rest of the way, they got they got touched up here. Colton Wong drove in a run in the fifth. Uh, Urias doubled. Jackie Bradley hit a, uh, hit a sacrifice to make it 4-2 in the sixth. And then um, they put Sam Clay in, and a couple more hits yielded two more runs. The Nationals, obviously not built to sustain any offense, were not able to get the job done. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, though, did go two for four in this game. Juan Soto was 0 for three with a walk. Trey Turner was 0 for three with a walk as well. The Nets did get eight hits in this game, but they only scored two runs. They were one for nine with runners in scoring position, and they left 11 guys on base. And this is a story that we keep talking about. The Nationals cannot hit with runners in scoring position. These are opportunities. One for nine does not get it done. The Brewers, conversely, were 5 for 12. Now, couple things there. One, they had three more opportunities, runner in scoring position. Two, they took advantage of them. 5 for 12 is excellent. And here's the thing. You don't always have to be 5 for 12. Sometimes 3 for 9 gets it done. Or if you get 15 runner in scoring, you know, a chance 15 runner in scoring position, uh, 3 for 15, 4 for 15 can even get it done for you in some settings. you got to take advantage of these opportunities. Leave 11 guys on base. You know, they don't put 11 guys on base every game. We talked about last game. They, you know, they got, they got four hits across the board in, in, in the first game earlier in the day. They scored three runs total in the entire day. They scored three runs total in the entire series. They've got to do better in these situations. If, if they want to have any shot of competing this year, and look, it looks like right now, I mean, they're lucky because the division's not that great, but uh, this is heading in the wrong direction. It's heading in the wrong direction fast, fast. And it's because the offense... Can't pick up anything. Look, a game where they scored six runs, sure, not saying the Nationals could have won it, but the situational hitting plays a factor in this game. So uh, Wanders, also the bullpen, not as good as it normal, as we normally see it. Wander Suero uh, gave up a run, as well as Daniel Hudson gave up three runs, which we're not used to seeing. Sam Clay gave up uh, a run in one-third of an inning. And then Paulo Espino actually worked a scoreless inning, which was good to see for Paulo, but he has not been in many high-leverage spots. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have a little discussion about the third game of the series, a Sunday game. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Sports Trade. You guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sport tra- sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood, but for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to their platform, so check it out today. Making money with sports trade is as simple as player values rising and falling based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value. Two, good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Sign up for sports trade today and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable ways of sports trading. Go to sportstrade.com today. You'll be amazed. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. 
Today's show is also brought to you by Locker Room. It is a great app that I enjoy going on every single week. It's like live chat rooms. It's like Discord, but audio version. There's chat rooms where you can go and converse with sports fans like yourselves uh, and myself, podcast uh, podcasters, uh, personalities, anything. Any kind of sport you like, college football, college basketball, soccer, baseball, NBA, all those all those rooms. You can join those communities. It's kind of like Reddit or one of those things where just people are talking about their favorite sports in chat rooms. So go to Locker Room, download it on your iOS or Android apps today. Locker Room app, go check that out. Changing the way that we talk about sports. All right, so the final game of this series, the Nationals took a 3-0 tumble against the Brewers. Max Scherzer against Brandon Woodruff, and both guys, I thought, delivered. Uh, Max Scherzer giving up the two solo home runs, which, or not two solo home runs, he gave up a, a two-run homer um, in this game, and that was the only offense that Max allowed the entire game. And look, we've seen this before. It's nothing new for Max, but in my opinion, you know, it shouldn't be cost them games. Uh, you know, they got uh, Vasil Garcia with a two-run home run again. And then uh, Navarez, uh, Nav- Narvaez, I forget how to pronounce it, but uh, hit, hit a home run in the ninth of Austin Voss to make it 3 nothing. but the game felt like it was over at that point because the Nationals' inability to score. So Max Scherzer was great. Brandon Woodruff was excellent. Seven innings pitch, two hits, two walks, 10 Ks, 106, uh, 106 pitches for him today. That ERA down to 1.27 for him now. Brad Boxberger and then obviously Josh Hader closed out the deal for the Brewers in this game. The Nationals uh, got three hits the entire game. And once again, that front part of the order struggled. I mean, Trey Turner to go two for four, but once on a rough series, he went 0 for three. So this was not his best weekend. Josh Bell went 0 for four, three Ks. Kyle Schwarber to go one for four. Uh, Josh Harrison 0 for four. Gomes 0 for four. Stevenson uh, 0 for three. Mercer 0 for two. And, you know, you think about this. I mean, the from from five down, you know, the top four guys got three hits. From five down, they were over. The, the back part of the lineup did not provide anything for them in this game, and it needed to in some meaningful way, and it just didn't. Uh, three hits across the board. I, I know Woodruff was nasty, but they left five guys on base. They were over two with running scoring position. And look, they got Soto and Bell up in those spots, and against a great pitcher like Brandon Woodruff, you got to take advantage of that. You can't just leave those runs out there, but the Nationals, they did. Uh, Austin Voth, Kyle Finnegan, and Wander Suero all pitched in this game. Austin Voth did give up a run, which is uh, you know not not always normal for him, but he's still having a good year. Two point five five ERA on the season for Voth. The game fell over at that point. You know, the Nationals' just inability to score at all is appalling. And look, this series was an opportunity to bounce back, but the Brewers are just a better baseball team than Nationals. And um, the Nationals at this point, I think there's an argument to be made. They're a good, bad team, um, and I will discuss that next. But first, one more word from our sponsors today. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting, best-for-you protein bar out there right now. Uh, go check it out at BuiltBar.com. They've got nine delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double uh, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. So the Nationals are a good bad team. And the reason that I say that the Nationals are a good bad team is because you look at the teams this year that they have had success against. Their two sweeps came against the Marlins and against the Orioles, two teams that we do not think are very good. Against good teams, you know, Atlanta, I know they're not that good, but Atlanta is at least, you know, a reigning division winner. 
Uh, you know, they have been absolutely schlacked this year. The Dodgers swept them. The Cardinals are the only exception that the Nationals can say that they made any meaningful progress against. That's the only winning team the Nationals have gotten this year. And they uh, against the Cardinals, they are 4-2 and two on the season, which is good. But look at the teams they've actually beaten. You know, Arizona, uh, I believe they took what from Arizona? They, they've taken... They split the first part, and then they won a couple. So I think they're 4-3 and three on the season uh, against them. Against the Phillies, they, they lost 2-3. Uh, of three. Against the, the Yankees, they lost 2-3. of three. They got that sweep again against the Miami Marlins as a victory. But, you know, they play a team like the Mets. They've lost 2-3. of three. So you go down the line and think about, all right, who the team's Nationals took series from? The Nationals won series against Baltimore, Cellar Dweller, Arizona, Cellar Dweller, Miami, Stellar Dweller, Cardinals, they're going to, and they, they beat them twice, so there's some credit there. But uh, those are teams that they've won series against, teams they've lost series against. The Braves, the Dodgers, the Mets, um, the Braves again, uh, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Cubs, they lost three or four against the Cubs, the, the Reds, who aren't that good of a team, and then the Brewers, who are an above-average team. So this tells me something is that they are they can beat up on bad competition and not, they don't actually don't always do it. I mean the Reds are a good example of a team that's not that great and that's uh, were anemic against them offensively, but against good teams they really struggle. And look what they've got coming up: four against Atlanta at home, and Atlanta needs to start winning games badly. They're they're hurting in a bad way. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are right now. The Phillies three on the road in Philadelphia, Tampa two against them. And they're a good team, and so you look at this stretch coming up for the Nats. You know, while Atlanta's been playing poorly, right, they, uh, they're they 5-1 against the Nats this year. The Nats have not beaten the Braves since their opening day game, and, and they've lost the next five games after that. They have four against them in Atlanta, then three against the Phillies, who are a very good team at home, and two against Tampa, who we know is very good. So just kind of taking stock of things right now at the end of the show here, the Nationals, as it sits today on Monday, are 21 and 28. They are six games out of first place in the National League East. They have lost four consecutive games. They're four and six in their last uh, 10. They are uh, minus 24 when it comes to the run score department. Now, it's funny because the Mets have scored 161, but their pitching staff has been so brilliant this year that it really hasn't mattered. And uh, that's the big difference. I mean, look at the Nationals and look at the Mets. The Mets have given up 159 runs. The, uh, the Nationals have allowed 209, and it's uh, 49 games compared to 45 for the Mets. So the, the Nationals, uh, while they've scored more runs than the Mets, their pitching has not been good enough. And then across the board, the rest of the division, uh, the Nationals, you know, they are the worst team besides the Mets in terms of scoring runs. The Mets are playing with a Triple A team. You look across the entire National League, uh, the Mets are bottom three in the league when it comes to runs scored. Uh, they are only ahead of the Pirates and the Mets. Those are only two teams that they are ahead of. And then you look across the board in the rest of baseball, they are actually third worst. So uh, they, they are third worst. The Royals are at 192. The Nats are at 185. No other American League team besides the Royals is below 200 runs scored this season. Uh, also, the Nats have not been taking care of business at home, especially in this homestand. They're now 13-15 at home. They are 8-13 and 13 on the road. So they, they don't even have that to hang on to, right? The Phillies are 15 and 10 at home, 10 and 18 on the road, so at least they can hang the, their hats on the fact that at home they are a better ball club. But um, six games is not a bridge too far. The problem is this team is not very good. It's just, you know, 
usually on these podcasts, uh, people think about, you know, oh, it's a Nats podcast, you can be a bit of a homer. No, let's just be honest about it. The Nationals aren't a good baseball team. Um, they're not healthy. They haven't been handling it well. And then, the, you know, they get bad news like uh, Will Harris, and this is kind of what, you know, I wanted to round out the show. Really horrible news that Will Harris, his season is over. Uh, he is He's having surgery or did have, uh, or I think he either did or has or gotten, basically getting it done ASAP. Thoracic outlet syndrome is what he's got, and he's going to have surgery for it. So Will Harris's season is done. Obviously, he was dealing with the hand inflammation to start off the year, which was a huge problem. And now um, the problems have just continued to snowball for Will, ha- Will Harris. And it's at a situation now where his season is over. And that sucks because the Nationals acquired him big money acquisition uh, to, to help out their bullpen. And he's not going to be able to help out this year and, and, and struggle what he did because he's pitching through that hand inflammation. And he, when he pitched, his hand was, you know, it was, it was becoming swollen. And I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that was for Will Harris to deal with that kind of pain while he was trying to pitch. So that's uh, bad news. And the Nationals are in a spot right now where they've got to turn things around, and I don't know if they're in a situation where they will do so. Uh, I'll preview that Brave series later on today in a separate epi- uh, extra episode, You know, just to give you guys folks a little bit extra something to listen to here on this weekend, on this Memorial Day weekend. But the Nationals right now, it's, it's heading in one direction, uh, and that is down. And it doesn't feel like they're in any meaningful spot to turn things around, not at least against better competition. They haven't shown against good competition uh, that they can win a game in in a good bet. I think the last game that they have, you know, where you could say they beat a team over 500, I'm trying to rack my brain at this point. I'm trying to think about the last time the Nets beat a team over 500. It was probably their win over the Cubs, right? I mean, that was before this series, and now the Cubs were above 500. But um, the last time the Nets actually beat a team that was over the, the 500 mark uh, was that 4-3 win against the Cubs that was on May 19th. And the Cubs were f- around 500 at that point, too. So difficult times for the Nationals. And look, I know it's not like my analysis is spot on, but if you all watch the games, it's pretty simple. They just don't hit. That's, that's been the big problem is I'm not hitting. I mean, it you know, you, you watch the games, it's the same thing every time. It really is the same thing every time. And I think as, as an observer, and I know fans out there have got to – just frustrated. You're just really frustrated. And I think that's that's the feeling. But, you know, maybe going on the road, you help turn things around. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Nats get this thing turned around in the positive direction because it's headed one way right now, and that's not a positive, not a good one. But they say, hey, look, you, you can't look at the standings until Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day. There's six games back, but they can definitely make that up. They can definitely make that up. It starts today, though, right? You're, you're at the spot now, okay, six games back. You've got, uh, you know, uh, basically 120 games left, uh, but you can't keep falling down into a pattern, you know, where you got to fight your way out and, and play really good baseball all summer long to be in, even in the playoff hunt. It, it starts now if they want to be around competitive at the all-star break, right? Because the trend right now says that they won't be. So it, it kind of starts this week, I think, if the Nationals really want to decide uh, to make this thing a season or not because the Mets are starting to get their guys back, the Braves – you know, this is a team that they've got to turn back, right? Because the Braves, I think they look at the Nats and say, hey, we can build some momentum off these guys. These are guys that we own right now. So uh, it, it starts this week with the Braves. All right, that will do it for this edition of Locked On Nationals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.